So when did you decide to settle down with Jun? Mm, the dating scene at 28, 29 is very different from the dating scene when you are 20, 21, 22. If you are dating at 28, what do you want to achieve? Hey Coconuts, Brandon is a building facilities manager that recently have gotten a flat in Sengkang through the resale market during the pandemic. He and his partner June, who is a Malaysian citizen, and this detail is important, okay? Remember, June is a Malaysian citizen. If we expand the discussion, you will find this detail extremely important. Both of them went on weekly flat hunts using maps and apps. And to them, it was simple. It wasn't that difficult at all. It essentially means they didn't use an agent. And in my head, it's like, yeah, why? Why until now, we, we still need an agent in the middle? Aren't we all already very familiar with using applications to complete things? So I believe there are many lessons to be learned today. And at the end, I hope you get a clearer idea of how you can do it on your own and decide if this process is for you. I mean, if your time is very expensive, then yeah, you always outsource to a professional. But before we begin, Brandon has something interesting to share about the Singapore government's green plan. Uh, so uh, I'm Brandon, I'm 33. So we... I'm for myself. I'm a professional in facility management. What is facility management? Basically, we deal with the maintenance of a building and upkeeping, upgrading. Once in a while, we have some projects to green the buildings. <laughs> yeah, just to make things better, it, it, Green is <laughs> the new wave, right? Yeah, yeah. It yeah, is right. actually has been in. It's always been there. Mm, mm. It's just that because of the government green plan. So things are starting to move a little bit faster. Mm. What do you mean? What do you mean it's always been there? Since 2008, your building has to be green before BCA allows you to build it. Mm. So we have the traditional architects and engineers designing the building. As of 2008, if I didn't get the year wrong, it should be 2008, that's when the act comes into place. The building has to be approved that, oh, it meets a certain green mark requirement. Then they allow you to build it. Oh, mm. okay. That's pretty interesting. So, yep. Shout out to all the new and greener flats like Tenga. Tenga, people! <laughs> I know HDB has been doing a lot of marketing for it. And I think they know who to look out for going forward. Huh? I am a big proponent of Tenga. <laughs> it's a living space. And I will share with you more on our main feed at the Financial Coconut Podcast. Season 2 of Coconut Avenue is sponsored by Mortgage Master. They're a mortgage broker in Singapore with access to the lowest unpublished housing loan rates offered by the banks and financial institutions. Check them out at mortgagemaster.com.sg So how did Brandon and June begin their flat shopping process? Why resell? Why not BTO? And this is where the detail that June is not Singaporean matters a lot. During the period when we were discussing our marriage plans, like how we could go about doing our banquet and stuff, along the way you have to think of your accommodation. We really sat down and looked at the pros and cons. Between? You're going to get a condo, you're going to get an EC, you're going to get a BTO, sale balance, or a resale. Do you have a chart? 
Uh, we <laughs> sounds like you guys had a very serious discussion around yeah, yeah. this. So it's good to write write it mm-hmm. down. Yeah. So we wrote down all this and give you more clarity. If you don't write, it's just like you know you have you know when you write comics, you draw comics, then you have all the bubble clubs. You'll be like this. Then after all the club dissipate. Then you forgot what you have talked about. So it's good to write down. So if you go down from the most expensive tier. It will be a condo, but you are a second timer. Mm. Yeah. So if you buy a second hand condo, you are helping someone else build their pot of gold. Okay. Mm. Okay. Simply, why, why must you be a second timer? So that will be something. Okay. If you are going to do that. Okay. You are going to pay a premium mm-hmm. because you are not buying at a discounted rate or the construction stage. Okay, okay. If you buy at the construction stage, you pay in trenches and there's also a significant uh, discount. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why a lot of people, they T.O.P. sell. So that's one choice. Next choice is, of course, you get a condo that is in construction stage, a new launch. Mm. Or you can get a B.T.O.E.C. So these are the choices that we look at also. So what really pulled us back was Okay, a lot of people, I don't know whether do, do they know this or not. First thing, your property tax is different. Second, your monthly payment of your conservancy charges are also significantly different. A condo can range from 240 to $300. If you stay in a HDB for comparison's sake, if you drive, you pay 109 I think, for your car park. Conservancy, if you're in a 4 to 5 room, you probably will set you back $80 to $90. So that will be 190 a difference of about $100. Do you spend $100 going to the swimming pool and tennis courts and whatsoever? <laughs> so, <laughs> if you don't drive, which we don't, then you're paying parking for no good reason. Mm-hmm. So, hey, that would be about a couple thousand dollars there a year for things that we don't use. Mm-hmm. Ah. Then the next thing is, of course, if you buy a condo, are you going to buy a two-bader or three-bader? And how many million are you going to be paying? Do we want that? If we want to go to Australia, do we want to have that? Because a rental yield of a condo compared to a HDB is not significantly higher. The rental yield is not fantastic. Mm. Yeah. So looking at that, we decided that let's look at BTO and resale. So comes the BTO part. Before COVID, you have to wait four years. If you are lucky, you're in the earlier batch, three years to three and a half. If we get married, do we want to wait for three to four years before we get our own house? She was paying $800 for a room. Mm. That would be how much? $9,600 per annum. So let's just say 10K. So 10K over four years, that's 40K versus uh, resale if you BTO for a good location 5 from HDB it will likely set you back close to 500,000 or even to the higher 500 if the floor is a high floor if you buy a resale you will probably pay 400 to 550 depending on 4 or 5 room and the location so when we put all this down we realized that BTO don't really give us a lot of savings. Because over the four years, she will continue to pay this rent. Mm. 
then we were thinking that um, it, da- it don't really make sense anymore. With a resale, you get to choose where you want to stay. You can look at the amenities you have. If you are a couple that wants to have children, you have to look at things like childcare, schools, market, hawker centers, things like this. A BTO estate may not have that. And there is no guarantee that you will get a number anyway. Mm. Okay, so quite a few ideas shared here. We begin by clearing yet another acronym, T-O-P, which stands for Temporary Occupation Permit. And this is a legal document issued by the government authority to signify that this building is ready for you to occupy. I'm sure you coconuts have seen new BTO flats or new launches where the whole area still has a lot of materials and construction stuff lingering around. But people are already shifting in and you see a lot of interior renovation going on. So all the interior renovation and shifting in can only happen after the TOP is issued. Which is why this is an important date for many. There's usually a stipulated period given to you by the developer as to when TOP will be issued. And honestly, there's only so much you can do to affect it. There are building standards to be met and these are not negotiable. But I think what is important is for us to recognise that this date is a very important date as part of our planning process if we are getting new launch property because we can only start renovating inside after T.O.P. But because June and Brendan went for a resale flat, T.O.P. isn't their concern. However, there are other concerns like how much loan they can get, which area to stay, and putting aside all these personal preference of uh, east side, best side, <laughs> they have decided not to take the maximum loan and went for a four-room resale flat in Sengkang near the MRT. And here lies the beginning of the self-service process of getting their resale flat. Based on some of those assumptions, if they decided on Sengkang, you're not concerned Sengkang property prices coming down. You know, there, there was a period of time there was a lot of discussion about this, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, Sengkang, you know, sure lose money, that kind of stuff. Okay. Uh, first thing first, uh, don't even think of using HDB to earn money. Uh. HDB yeah. will love you uh, for saying that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because you are renting from the government. The 99-year lease it's a fact. Mm. It's not going to change. You are just signing a limited pay rental agreement. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Like nowadays we have insurance that say limited pay, you pay for 10 years, then the plan is for 15 years. Mm. It's the same. You mm. take maximum loan, you pay 25 years. So when we buy, we're thinking that, okay, we're just going to rent this place for possibly the next 50 years if we don't move. So prices drop. To us, it's okay lah, I can buy on a cheap. Mm. So with SRX and all these platforms out there and HDB platform itself, you can see the resale prices of the vicinity and you can use it to compare with the other areas they're looking at. Lah. That mm. was one of the considerations. I think if you go to, I can't remember where, lah, but if you find on HDB, was it HDB? I can't recall. If you find hard enough, right, you will be able to find an Excel file that has the property prices transaction of the last few years. If you find on HDB, they'll give you the last 12 years. But if you find hard enough, you can find all the way to 2016, 2015. I think that's not a problem. You will be able to see how the prices in that area change. So it wasn't a, really a concern. Again, it's more of matching our budget. And with a property that is near to an MRT, 
it will not depreciate so fast. Mm. So if you want to sell after five years, you still can sell without making a significant loss like if you think that that is an investment. Honestly, I'm not sure if near MRT, the depreciation is really going to be slower. But I will say, Brandon is definitely a lot more detailed than Dan. <laughs> if you've not checked out the first episode, Dan is a great guy. But very jittery in this whole process of getting his own flat. But what is important for all of us to know is that all the details of recent transactions are very readily available on HDB's website. Just go to HDB Map Services if that matters to you. Interestingly, Brandon and June isn't as concerned about capital depreciation. They have a slightly different property plan. And despite all the discussion about Sinkang HDB prices coming down, they had a different take focusing on rental yield. For us, it's more of if we move to Australia, it's near the MRT, the rental yield will still be good. That, that leads to the next decision, four room or five room. A rental you of a five room and a four room, no difference. But paying for a five room in a mature estate, Senka is not mature, but to me it's mature enough. At least eighty thousand dollars more between a four and a five. But the rental you will be the same. In what sense rental you is the same? You rent a four room two thousand. You rent a five room likely also two thousand. Really? Yeah. It's unlikely you can get like two thousand five. Don't even think about it. It's just not possible. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Never thought of it that way. The, the rental yield between a 4 and a 5 isn't significantly higher. Okay, Coconuts, for clarification's sake, what Brandon is saying is rental yield isn't significantly higher, meaning for the capital that you put in, your total revenue is proportional. Not exactly that your monthly rental revenue will be the same for a 4-room and a 5-room. I'm very sure five-room people will be very sad if that happens. Size do matter. But what Brandon is saying is the additional capital that you put in to get that five-room is not going to yield you exceptional difference in rental yield, which is a percentage of capital input. So how is rental yield calculated? Very simple. It is the total rent that you can get for that one year divided by your purchasing price. And we will extend this discussion in the episodes down the road as we talk a little bit more about the investment ideas of property. Importantly for today, I went on to find out his thought process behind buying his resale on his own. If you do your own research, you go through the process on your own, you tend to pay more attention to the money stuff so you will know exactly where are your money going to. And you are also more familiar with how to go about doing the whole thing. Of course, we don't start off by knowing all this. We start off by reading a lot. There are plenty of blogs out there. Some are updated, some are not. HDB website has a list of to-do things for you to follow, be it you are a buyer or you are a seller. So we read all this. We thought that doesn't seem too difficult. Huh? So we started looking at the property websites that are selling. You realize that sellers have to engage agents to sell because from a seller perspective, it is harder to find customer if you don't engage someone on the market. But from a buyer perspective, it's just like going to a supermarket. Everything is there. You just browse. Yeah. So it's not difficult. So we thought that, okay, let's just go and view one. So I went to view. 
So I realized that the agent would be there to show you around. Then we chat with the agent and say, so if we decided to purchase this place, so how do we go about it? So the first question is, he probably knew that we don't have an agent. He said, oh, we'll just tell you what to submit and make sure the documents are in place. You will just have to follow the flow, that's it. And the seller agent cannot charge you commission. They can't earn both ways. Okay, there are no legal standards around commission fees, meaning this is not something dictated by the law and agent commissions can get complicated in various permutations. I know, all of you thinking, ah, you're thinking about it, oh, that means I can negotiate with my agent? That's up to you. <laughs> the current industry standard for residential property is at 1% of final transaction price for buyers if you engage an agent, and 2% of final transaction price for sellers. But because these are not legal binding, you are seeing different disruption with fee-only agents or even agencies that bring down their commission fees to compete in the market. I think it is important for us to know that these fees are not inscribed by the law. They are industry practices, similar to credit ratings. In other words, maybe uh, you can really negotiate. <laughs> But I do believe that a lot of these fees will keep coming down as technology becomes more powerful and more of us can DIY like Brendan. Because Brendan and June is not represented by an agent, they will save that 1% buyer fee, which amounts to about four to 5000 which, hey, isn't exactly small money. The difficult part is, similar to a seller, we don't have someone to bring us around to see a lease of properties. We have to do the homework on our own. That took a bit of time. But because we were very objective in the sense that we know which area we want, it wasn't too difficult. So we focus on the MRT station north, south, east, west. Which part of it do we want? So we eliminate one part of it because it was still a new BTO that has not MOP, so that's out. There is another part that is near to the petrol station but don't have a shelter to the MRT and the mall. So we thought that, okay, that's not the first choice. So we park it away. Right across, sheltered lingway, uh, sheltered escalator way all the way into the mall, into the MRT, five minutes walk. So we focus on that. And you will realize that at any point of time, you probably have 7 to 15 units that are on sale. Next comes the illumination. Sheltered walkway or sheltered walkway. So important there, right? Is it still that important? Please come to our Telegram group and let me know. But yes, here comes the tiring part. In fact, probably the most tiring part. Before all of this, everything can be optimized with search engines, property portals, filters, very easy. Now comes the property viewing process. And because Brandon and June are DIYing, they spend many weekends viewing, liaising with different agents and sellers directly from the property portals. Okay, for us, we were quite aggressive in our planning. We decided that let's just do five on one Saturday, starting from the morning. Yeah. So why we decided to do that is that whatever you see on the day, they are fresh in your mind. You can easily compare. 
And from that five, you can easily eliminate another three to four, and you're just left with one. So most of the time, you are shooting in the dark. You don't know what property you're going to see, versus if you have a buyer agent to represent you, you already told your agent that, look, we want something like this. They will tell their network that, my buyer is looking for things like this. What do you guys have? Yeah, so they will bring you to 10 properties that suits what you want. You have 10 fantastic choices to choose from, I would say. Mm -hmm. Maybe two not so fantastic. Mm -hmm. But if you do it on your own, you are literally shooting the dark because you can just see the photos on the website. And let's be frank, people will definitely take the nicest photo, the nicest angle, the nicest lighting. So sometimes you turn up, this looks very different from what you see. Sounds like Tinder data. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, so, so that's the thing that you have to be prepared for. La. You will waste time. Mm. Mm. So keep it short. 15 to 30 minutes per appointment. Be very objective. Just go there and see. And that's it. Mm. Don't dwell there for too long because you may not want to buy. Don't give people the impression that you're very interested. And if you're really very interested, make a second appointment. Mm. Yeah, because there will be things that you don't see on your first visit. Like? Different timing of the day you see and hear different things. Yeah. Mm. So if you really like the place and you have the time, view once in the morning and once in the evening. Mm. Like, like the, the, the neighbor's kid, <laughs> that kind of things, right? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, okay. Fair, yeah. fair. Because in the morning, the neighborhood is generally more quiet because everyone are out for work. Mm. And yeah, things like that. Oh. Small little things that you have to live with for the next five years if you make the purchase mm. can turn out to be very annoying. Yes, I agree, I agree. So yes. how many viewings do you go to before you decide on this? I think it was 10. So two, so two Saturdays in that sense. Uh, first round viewing first two Saturdays. Round. Probably I would say one to two months because earlier we mentioned there were 15 units at any part of time. Half of them you probably wouldn't even want to consider because they are out of your budget. Mainly because the it's a good estate. The seller are not desperate to sell. They just ask for a very high price. Mm. And we are not prepared to pay that premium because Although it is a moving condition, we want to do renovation. Mm. So at the asking, we are not keen. Yeah, so those are straight away out. La. Yeah, for someone that do not want to do any reno, that could be per- the perfect match. But for us, it wasn't. La. Yeah. So it reached a point where we got tired. <laughs> yeah. Because you really have to do a lot of the work on your own. Mm. So that, you know what, let's take a break. So one to two weeks, no listing so it's like Facebook every day you just go in and oh nothing okay lah one day came something it is on the other side okay the sheltering way is there just one short traffic junction like across the bus stop that is not sheltered before the bus interchange we thought like okay lah not so bad let's go see lah we realised that this estate is also the new generation flats the four room and the five rooms are significantly bigger compared to what we have in the BTOs today. For comparison, the four room new gen is 100 square meter versus the 85 and 90 square that we are seeing in BTO today. So we view one unit. Mm. 
we like the layout but it is too clustered so the ventilation wasn't ideal so we KIV that is another one or two weeks of waiting I think then we saw another posting so by now you are very seasoned you know what to do already straight away text the agent and say can we view your next earliest availability uh, uh. so we made an appointment like two days or three days later and we just say look um, hey we went to the other block the other day maybe let's have dinner then just walk around there so we walk around there then we went to the neighbouring block and just look across just to get an overview then we saw someone viewing there or someone is really viewing so we managed to get a glimpse of hey this layout is very nice hey the person has really moved out it's empty so subsequently when we met then we realised that it's a move-in condition in the sense that you have to do right now but the person has already moved out you can transact you don't have to wait for the seller to move Usually, the sellers will ask for two months to move to their place. Thought, hey, this is good. Okay, Coconuts, the ball is in your court. If you decide to go for a resale HDB for your first property purchase, do you think you'll be interested to go through this whole process? I must say, it's not exactly easy, but I want to officially put an end to the myth that you need to be an agent to buy or sell property. Truth is, you can do it on your own. But there are processes and paperwork that you need to be familiar with. So what happens next after you've found your dream home, your nest to be, your best purchase of your lifetime, or hopefully so? <laughs> what is the next step to do, especially if you're self-servicing like Brandon? We went down, we told the agent we will offer $400,000 because the, the neighbouring transaction was around that price. I think 408, 405, around there. Within a day, the agent got back. Next day, I think. The seller is willing to accept. But because the listing has been on the market for so short a time, huh, they couldn't sell. They have to wait for the eighth day. So HDB has this regulation that the seller cannot transact until a week later. In case the seller make a stupid decision, they sign and they decided they don't want to sell. Oh, mm, so it's okay. to protect the seller. So to the HDB, they are telling the seller, look, make sure you're very sure you want to sell because whatever you're signing are legally binding. The buyer can sue you if you choose to renegade on the agreement after that. Mm. So okay, la, we understand. La. So on the eighth day, then we wait. La, and say, Actually, we're traveling over the weekend. La. We just settle it like, when we come back. It is a verbal agreement then until you place the option to purchase the OTP, which is $1,000. This is to lock in the price that you offered. Okay. So is this, um, is this a private arrangement? No. It's a, this is a process to kickstart the purchase. So you lock in this price for 21 days. Within these 21 days, the seller cannot sell to anyone during this period. Even if someone offered them $100,000 more, they can't. Mm. Also, with this OTP, you fill in some documents. Uh, it's very easy. La. The agent will guide you through. La. Yeah. The seller agent will guide you through. Yes, mm. because they want your sales. Mm, mm, mm. Go to HDB and they will do a valuation. Within 7 to 10 days, HDB will come back and say that, okay, we agree with you. The flat valuation is X dollar. 
So we offered 400. If HDB comes back and say, well, your flat valuation is actually 450. So we actually made an offer below valuation, right? Well, you probably think that, okay, good, we made an offer that is below market price. Generally, HDB don't do that. They try to match back. Mm. So they match the 400,000, exactly. And this information is only available to the buyer. They don't tell the seller. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. okay. But we know how the industry works. Mm. So we told the agent that, well, we got our valuation back. We are interested to exercise the option. To the buyer, this is important because if HDB comes back and say, hey, bro, sorry, uh, your valuation is only 380000 The extra 20000 is what we always say the COV, uh, cash over valuation. Cash over valuation, COV. This is important, especially for HDB resale. To put it bluntly, this is a mechanism where HDB sits in between the buyers and the sellers to reduce massive price hikes happening in the HDB resale market. Imagine if you had a friend, Sally. She sells her flat at 600000 And the next week, her neighbour, Tom, sells it at 700000 And the following week, her cousin from next block sells his flat at a million dollars. This is the birth of a million dollar HDB estate. <coughs> and we will dive deeper into the characteristics of property prices later. Importantly, what happens is instead of allowing the free market where everybody can buy and sell whatever price they want, HDB has decided to provide a fair valuation price to the buyer. However, this valuation model is a big black box. All the blocks out there will tell you every broad factor, which sounds like every other factor. No one has the formula for it. But what is important is, if you and your seller have agreed on a transaction price of 600000 but HDB comes back with a valuation number of 500000 the excess 100000 is what people will call cash over valuation, C-O-V. It is the amount where you have to pay cash for, regardless of the size of your home loan eligibility or the size of your bank mortgage. Meaning, even if the bank has agreed to lend you more, 600000 800000 or even if you have a very big HLE available, what happens here is everything above the fair valuation of 500000 has to be paid in cash. So all these mortgages will get maxed out at 500000 because HDB provides this valuation. This is clearly to regulate the resale market and it is something that you should be aware of. So yes, cash, ah, cash. Cash over valuation means must pay in cash. And I would presume that most of us will not be experiencing this in our first home buying experience. But if it happens, be mentally prepared to have more cash to complete the purchase, especially if you're on a bidding war for a particular flat in a particular direction for a particular feng shui reason. Ah. <laughs> There is a lot of opacity in this cash overvaluation mechanism and I can't give you any more valuable insight. But the process of buying a HDB resale, even on your own, is not very difficult. It is clearly stated out in HDB's website. 
The permutation does get a little bit complicated when one of the owner is much older, putting into question the borrower's ability to repay their mortgage, or if the resale flat is much older with lesser remaining lease left. And for all these interesting permutations, we will not touch them here. Please go and check out the HDB website. So I think by now we realise that the buying process is not impossible. You could actually do it on your own. It's a little bit tedious, yes. Can be a little bit tiring, yes. But as long as you stay within the HDB ecosystem, it tends to be a lot simpler. The whole process is step-by-step step guided on the HDB website. Starting with you registering your intent to buy, and this is essentially you signing up for user portal to indicate your interest and be part of this process. There are a lot of checklists, guides, all within this portal, and I believe with e-signatory and notary, this will become even simpler and simpler. The next step revolves around housing loans, also known as mortgages. They mean the same thing. The thing about HDB is that you can actually get a loan from HDB through the HLE ecosystem, Housing Loan Eligibility. So you gotta apply and go through that process. I will not repeat again. Or you can approach the bank to get a letter of offer or letter of intent. These are issued by the banks to indicate that they are willing to lend you this amount of money to do a particular thing. And most people in the market would highly recommend you to first register your intent to buy and get your mortgages sorted before going on the whole journey of looking for that dream home and property to purchase. And after you found the flat and agreed on the price to transact, step number three is you get your seller to submit the OTP application, option to purchase. Essentially a legal binding arrangement between both you and the seller to reserve the property for each other at agreed price. This OTP for resale HDBs is very structured and you are given 21 days after the issuance of the OTP to complete the transaction. Meaning you have 21 days, sign the contract, make all the payments and then get your house. So within this 21 days, if you decide that you're going to go through this process and complete the transaction, we move on to step number four and that is the submission of resale application. Put it simply, in this step, there's a whole list of information both you and your seller have to submit all onto the portal, which you've already gotten in step number one when you register your intent to purchase. What is important to note here is both the buyer and the seller will have to submit the information within seven days of one party submitting it. Which means if your seller already submit all the information, you have seven days to make sure you submit everything. If not, this whole cycle repeats itself. It's a restart. Don't ask me why this exists, this is the reality. And of course, if you are using an agent, you can empower your agent to do it for you. I believe the agents are a lot more prepared for this process given their experience in transacting. What do you do next? You wait. <laughs> After an average of 8 weeks, assuming no weird things happen in between, there's one last meeting between you and the seller at HDB, which is termed as the resale completion meeting. Or some say, handing over the keys. Okay, as literal as that. 
Of course, during the wait, that eight weeks on average wait, there are some things that you need to do, like sorting out your insurance, making sure you've paid all your stamp duties, and all the little bits of transactions in between. All the details are in the portal and on the website. It's not rocket science, but it is quite tedious. At least that's how I feel after getting to know this whole process. So I think in today's episode, what I want us to recognize is, hey, you can actually do this on your own. You don't legally need an agent to support you. There are people that have done it. It is not impossible. But I would say, up to this point, it does feel a little bit tedious. Huh? But it is up to you to decide if you would love to go through this process on your own. Or like many others, just let the agent headache over it. I think it really depends on how much you are making, how busy are you, how do you value your time, and do you value this as an experience with you and your partner? Going through this whole process, you know, it may be more efficient to just get an agent to do it. It may even be cheaper if you calculate the time. But maybe it's an experience between you and your partner to go through this whole thing to find your home. Something to remember. So I would say if your time is very expensive, you have no additional bandwidth, then yeah, professional help is very viable. As with many other things, you get professional help when you don't have extra bandwidth to do it. But for many people looking to get a very typical flat at a very typical price, given a very typical timeline and situation, it is not that difficult if you do it on your own. Least not possible. Whoever that says only agents can buy and sell, rate flat, rate flat. <laughs> Next week, we are finally going to venture out of the safety net of HDB and move into the private market. We have another friend on the show to expand his experience buying his first condo as a single individual and then buying his next condo with his wife. I would say the private property market is a wild, wild west, okay? It sounds like a wild, wild west relative to where HDBs are. So yep, join me next week as we keep expanding into the private property market. <laughs>